All right. So welcome to those of you that are joining us online. It's great to have you with us this morning. If this message has been helpful to you in any way, please let us know. If you're ever in our area, come and visit us. We'd love to meet you and get to know you. Church, can we put our hands together for our online family that's joining us this morning? Come on. Okay, 44% of you, all right, starting with statistics, 44% of you in this room made a New Year's resolution this year. Statistics tell us that 44% of all people make New Year's revolutions. Any, any idea uh, what the most popular New Year's resolution is? It's the third service. Any idea what the most, uh, most used one is? Any guesses? Get fit, get fit, exactly. Most people want to get fit, get healthy, uh, look after their diet, lose weight, all those sort of things. Miriam and I, uh, even before Christmas, we, uh, we decided that for Christmas we would buy each other mountain bikes for that very reason, so that we could, we could get fit. And so over the Christmas period, I've been out there with Miriam on the, on the mountain bikes. I've got my cycling chair. Because, you know, you've got to get all the accessories. You've got to get all the stuff. You've got to get the helmet and all the rest of it. And so we've been out there. Oh, friend, I tell you, I didn't realize how unfit I was. Oh, man, you get on a bike and you soon realize how unfit you are. Last, last week, I was going up, um, up to the Mungatooks there. You know, the hill that goes up to the back of them. It's really, really steep. And I'm about three quarters of the way up there, and I'm in the lowest gear, man, and I'm grinding away on this one. I'm like, <gasps> I'm just about having a coronary, you know, and I'm, and I'm there. And then out the corner of my eye, I, I get the sense of something coming. And there's this guy, I kid you not, he would have been 70, 75, and he's on this bike, and he's just sitting there, and he's just like, and he just comes straight by me. He's like, hey. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, I'm just about dying. I tell you, it doesn't do you, your self-image any good. I'm thinking this, this guy could be my granddad. And then he, he, he gets all the way up the top and he, he comes back down the hill. And he's like, hey, how are you? And I'm, and I'm just about dying. Like, seriously, I'm just about having a heart attack. And then he gives me, he goes, I've got one of those new e-bikes. I've got one of those ones with the motors on it. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm not feeling as bad as what I was. So, look, I don't know what your plans are for 2018. I don't know what your goals are, what you're wanting to achieve. But as I said, I want to bring you a message this morning that's a practical message. It's just give you something to guide you through the year, keep you in good stead. Is that okay? I have preached this message before. I'll be honest, I I preached it about four or five years ago. Uh, It's a message I heard Andy Stanley do, man, I don't know, about seven, eight years ago. And it really impacted my life. And to be honest, it was about October last year, and I felt the Lord just say, hey, preach, preach that message. So you might have heard it before, but you need to be reminded, obviously, otherwise God wouldn't have me doing it. Okay, how many have heard of Nike? Nike, we know Nike, the sports thing. They have that, that logo, that swish, that tick thing. Now, does anybody know Nike's, uh, their slogan, Nike? Just do it. Totally. Nike have spent millions and millions and millions of dollars telling the world to just do it. Just just do it. Feel the fear and just do it. From a pastor's perspective, 
I want to tell you this morning, that is the worst piece of advice you could apply in your life. Whatever you do, don't go through life thinking I can just do it, all right? You're hearing me here. So I want to give you a new slogan, a new concept to live by, a new rule to live by. And it's simply this, just ask it. Just ask it. Don't just do it. Just ask it. Turn to the person next to you and just tell them, just ask it. I'm going to teach you a question that this question, when applied to your life, will save you so much heartache. It'll save you so many tears, so, so much stress, so much fallout, so much relational issues. It will save your life. It's, it's a kind of a question like, like, think back. I mean, I know some of you are young and you've probably never made a mistake, but for us older ones that, you know, maybe we've made mistakes in the past. Like if you think back to your worst nightmare, you know, that night when you went out and it's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or, or you know, I've taken all the savings and invested it in this surefire scheme. You know, that, that time when you made the, the worst decisions in your life, you're like, if I could turn back the clock, I would do things different. See, if you'd known this question at that time, I believe if you'd superimposed this question, over that situation, you would have saved yourself all that embarrassment, all that heartache, all that sort of thing. That's how powerful this question is. Now, the good news is it actually comes out of the Bible. Surprise, surprise, the Bible is helpful for us in navigating life. And we're going to look in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 15. We'll start there. So if you've got your Bibles, you can you can uh, open that. But let me just set the scene a little bit for you uh, so you kind of get the context. So Ephesians is written by Paul, the Apostle Paul. Now, now, see, you might be here today and go, ah, oh, you might be visiting. Maybe it's a New Year's resolution for you today. You're like, I'm coming to church for the first time. You're like, who's this weird guy? No, so, so you might be like, I don't even know if I believe in the Bible. I, I don't even know if I get all that Adam and Eve and all that sort of stuff. Understand this. Paul, the Apostle Paul, he's a real character. He's on the pages of history. He's legit. So, so put, all the, put all the Bible stuff, if that's an issue for you, and just understand that this guy, Paul, he comes onto the pages of history, not as a follower of Jesus, not as a Christian, but he, his role was to wipe out Christianity. His whole role was to eradicate the Christians. He would go around arresting people and having them locked up. Eventually, they'd be killed if they were followers of Jesus. But see, what happened is one day, Paul has an encounter with God. And, and it radically changes his life. And one day, he goes from being Christian hunter to actually Christian leader. He, he goes from trying to lock them all up and kill them to, to, hey, you need to become a Christian. You need to become a, a follower of Jesus. I mean, that would be like us, like, like as Kiwis. You know, we're, we're avid All Black supporters. Amen? It's just, you just support the All Blacks no matter what. It would be like you driving to work one day and, and having this encounter where you go, you know what? I think the Wallabies are the best team in the, in the world. And you, you're trying to convince everyone the Aussies have a great rugby team. That's, that's how radical the shift it is. I mean, it's got to be God to even take you down that path. So here's Paul. He's writing this letter, Ephesians, to the, to the church. And what's happening in the church is 
There's a lot of new Christians. There's a lot of new believers. And they're, they're kind of, to be honest, they're struggling with how do I live as a Christian? How do I walk out this Christian life? And, and they're living in a world that, to be honest, isn't that dissimilar to ours today. There's all sorts of sexual immorality. Everybody's all about themselves. It's all about my agenda. And so Paul's writing them this letter. It's a real practical. He's like, do this, don't do this. Do this, don't do that. And so that's kind of the scene that we're, we're walking into. So we're going to pick it up uh, in Ephesians 5, 15. It'll come up on the screen. And Paul says this. He says, be very careful then how you live. Be careful how you live, says Paul. And, and what he's meaning here, be careful. He's like, be conscious of how you're doing life. Be conscious of how you're interacting with people. Like, be nice to people. Don't be nasty to people. What, what sort of, you know, look at your work affairs and your business and how you're treating people. He's like, be careful how you live. This, this idea of careful, it's like, watch, be aware. You know, like, be conscious of the fact that as a Christian, there are forces out there that are trying to railroad you. Sorry to tell you this, but we're living in a spiritual war zone. There is, there is an enemy who's trying to take you out. There's an enemy that doesn't want to see you, doesn't want to see you step into your identity and, your, and the fullness of what God has for you. And Paul's like, be careful. Like, look around. Watch. It's, it's kind of like this. Imagine this. Imagine, like, there's no chairs in the auditorium, okay? And you're standing in the middle of the auditorium you got no shoes on, okay? No shoes, no jandals, no sandals. Okay, you're standing there barefoot and all across the floor are hundreds and hundreds of mousetraps. They're all set. They're all, they're all ready to go. And the fire alarm goes and you got to get out of the building. How many know? You're not just going to go, oh, and just wander on with the flow. You're going to be watching. You're going to like, because you're going to lose some toes, man. You know, you're going to be like, and this is what Paul's like. He's like, come on, guys. When it comes to life, that's what you need to be like. You need to be a conscious of what's going on. You need to pay attention to what's going on around you. You've got to be conscious of who are you hanging out? What are you getting involved in? Amen? All the parents went, yeah, tell them. No, so anyway, he carries on in verse 15. He says, not as unwise, but wise. Don't, don't live an unwise life, but live a wise life. He's like, and I've talked about this before. He's kind of like unwise, you know, like, like, like careless. It's that whole thing we've talked about where, you know, you lift your feet up, get caught up with the current of culture, and, and friend, you're going to end up in places you don't want to be. The, the world is going to take you down a road that, that God doesn't want you to go down. And Paul's going, don't live like that. Don't live like that. That's unwise. He's like, mate, that's stupid. It's like, you're a Christian. Stop living like this. Live a wise life. Be conscious of who you're hanging out with. Be conscious of where you're going. Be conscious of what you're putting your energy in. Be conscious of what you're investing your money in. He's like, come on. And, and so he, he says this. He says, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Opportunity it's a time word. It's like, you need to understand, time is precious. As you get older, hey, David, you know it starts to, time starts, oh, I love David. I could always have a joke with him. But, but it's true. Like when you're young, you think, oh, I've got the whole world. I've got my whole life ahead of me. It doesn't matter. But when you get a little bit older, you realize that, that time does run out and you need to be conscious about the decisions that you're making. And this is what Paul's saying. He's like, every opportunity that comes your way, Every decision that you're faced with, 
You need to be thinking about it. You need to act wisely in that situation. Just don't go with the flow. Don't just go with what everybody else is doing. He's like, come on, you're a Christian. God's got a plan for your life, a purpose for your life. You need to live differently. You need to be listening to God. You need to be thinking about what's coming your way. Is this okay? He says this, because he says, because the days are evil. You're like, well, that's a bit radical. The days are evil. But friend, it's true. There is an enemy that is out to destroy you. Sorry, but it's true. You know, you may think, oh, I'm just running off doing that. Oh, I want to tell you something. Friend, you're getting led by the hand. There's an enemy that's trying to lead you down a path that God doesn't want you to go down. We've got to understand that. And that's what Paul's saying. Understand as a Christian, there is an enemy who's trying to deceive you, who's trying to take you down a road that God doesn't want you to go down because the days are evil. And then he says something specifically to us as Christians. He says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And he's having a dig not at people in this church, but like people in other churches who are always looking for loopholes. Like, like they kind of know what the Bible says about this, but, but you know, oh, well, so-and-so and them, they're doing it, so it's okay. See, we're, we're our own worst enemies. We, we deceive ourselves the most easiest. We, we can always justify why I wanna do this or why I wanna do that. And what Paul's saying is, come on, Seriously, guys, wake up. Don't you get it? There is an enemy trying to destroy you. You need to start looking at the decisions you're making in your life. You need to start looking at the people you're hanging out with. You need to look seriously at where you're putting all your time and your effort. Because there's a world out there that's evil. And it's trying to lead you astray. So he's saying, he's basically saying, don't be an idiot all your life. Don't be a fool. Don't be foolish. Get a hold of what God has for your life. And he says here, therefore do not be foolish, but but understand what the Lord's will is. This word but that he uses. In the, in the Greek, there's various words that you can use for but. But this is the most strongest. Like this is the biggest but you'll get a hold of. You know, this, this but is so big. I'm just making sure you're awake. This is, this is a real massive but because Paul's trying to make a point here. Chris, don't look at me like that. He's trying, to make a, he's trying to make a point. He's like, stop being stupid. Stop, keep going down the way you're going. You need to face up and get real. Oh, Lord, help me. Stop. Stop talking yourself into things you should be talking yourself out of. Stop going with the flow. Stop doing everything everyone else is doing and start manning up, start owning up, start wising up and start making some decisions regarding God's will and His purpose for your life. Nice, easy little message this morning. So, so those are kind of the scriptures that, that are in the Bible, and that's, that's kind of what Paul's saying. In essence, he's saying, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. See, the litmus test, the, the test is not, uh, 
You know, I can, I, I can do whatever I want, or I can do what other people are doing. That's, that's not the test. It's not about what others are doing. It's not about what did I get away with last time, or what do I think I could get away with this time? It's about what's the wise thing to do. Paul says, live wisely, live a wise life. And, and Paul's telling us every situation, Every invite to a party, every, every invite to go and hang out with her or him, you need to be asking, what's the why? It's not what's right. It's not what's wrong. It's like, what's the wise thing to do? Is this okay? We're going we're gonna to do some crowd interaction. So we're going we're gonna to bring this up on the screen. And I want you to, to just say this with me, this, this question. What is the wise thing to do? Okay, on three, because we'll coordinate it, because we need to be in unity. One, two, three. What is the wise thing to do? Now, I'm going to labor this, okay, because I need you to get it. Because we kind of already know this, yeah? You see, you need to understand that, that you're the easiest person to deceive. Like, you're your own worst enemy. You, you deceive yourself so easily. And, and I do too. I'm not picking on you. I'm, I'm guilty as well. But... But the thing is, like, if you think back maybe to a night when you, you know, you went out and you did, or, or maybe, no, I won't go, maybe, uh, maybe, you know, when you snuck out the window the other week, or, or, you know, maybe when you took all the savings and you made this investment that was a surefire success. If you think back to your worst decision, you know, that, that, that time, that season when you, when you made, and you're like, man, how did I get that so wrong? See, if you think back to that, guys, we've got to be honest here. The truth is you can't say, oh, I, I don't know how that happened. It, it just come out of the blue. It's just like, you know, it was, just, it was just one of those things. No, 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 come on. You know how you got yourself in that mess. Mate, I know how you got yourself in that mess. I, I get myself in messes the same way you do. We, we all do it. See, we end up making wrong decisions. We make, end up making bad decisions. We end up making decisions we wish we'd never made because we first make one little unwise decision. Just a little unwise decision. She rang and I rang her back or he rang. And I... See, it's not wrong. It's not necessarily wrong. Like if somebody challenged you on it, you'd be like, oh, no, no, it's cool. We're just hanging out. You know, I'm just staying over, whatever. But what happens is we just make one little wise, unwise decision, followed by another little unwise decision, followed by another little unwise decision, and we end up unwise, 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 big, fat mess. We end up in a place where we go, oh, my God, how did I end up here? How's my life in such a mess? Because, friends, you just started making little unwise decisions. And there's a little enemy who will go, come on, come on, just try this. Come, come on, come on, just come and hang out with these guys. Mom and dad are like, what the? And you're like, chill out. It's okay. It's not just the young ones. It's us old ones as well. Oh, I've seen this in the brochure. Oh, I'm going to have it. New jet ski, honey. No, no. And, you know, you know and, and we start covering it. It's a, it's a little thing. One little thing after a little, another little thing. Not wrong. You can justify making that decision, but it's unwise, and you end up in a big, fat mess. Amen? We know it. We know it. And Paul's saying to us as Christians, come on, guys, wise up. 
You can't keep doing this. You can't keep making the same mistakes you're already, you've always been making. Okay, so this is where I want to I wanna unpack this question a little bit and just make it a little bit more personal for you. I just want you to feel uncomfortable, basically. I just, I just want to bring this right home into your living room, into, into your life. You don't sound very excited about that. Are we ready for this? So we're going, to use, we're going to look at this question, okay? What is the wise thing to do? And we're going to look at it in three dimensions. It's a 3D. It's a 3D question, all right? And firstly, what we're going to do is we're going to look at it from the angle of our past, all right? Now, remember, I'm Pastor Neil. I love you. I want only good things for you. I'm here to help you. And if you get a hold of this, it will make a big difference to your life. So the first way we look at it is, is we look at it like this. In light of my past experience, what's the wise thing to do? All right, you know how this works? Crowd interaction on three. One, two, three. In light of my past experience, it's the wise thing to do. See, your past is different to my past. See, there are things that I can do that you shouldn't be doing, given your past. There are things that you can do that I shouldn't be doing, given my past. Not necessarily wrong. It's not what you're doing is wrong. It's just in light of my past, I shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Just the same. Like, I might be doing stuff. It's not wrong. But because of your past, you shouldn't be doing what I'm doing because of your past. You know, I mean, what happened last time? Oh, I'll just stay on the couch. I'll just sleep on the couch. What happened, what happened last time where it was like, oh, I, I'm just going to hang out with them. They're, they're okay. Yeah, I know last time it went bad, but, but this time, this time it'll be okay. See, your past is different to my past. See, it's not about what's right or wrong. It's a way better question than what's right or wrong. It's, it's in light of my past. What's the wise thing for me to be doing? Some of us, not the problem, no, actually, that's probably not true, not in this church, but, but in some churches, what happens is people end up over and over again emotionally in a mess, financially in a mess, relationally in a mess. Their life just goes round and round in circles of just mess after mess after mess for one simple reason. They're not asking this question. They're not asking this question. They're not asking what's the wise thing for me to do given what happened last time. Given what happened to them when they did it, what's the wise thing for me to do? See, it's not right or wrong. It's like in my case, is this okay? All right. The second angle we're going to look at it is this. In light of my current circumstances, what's the wise thing to do? You know, one, two, three. Yeah, what's the wise thing to do? All right. Given everything that's going on in my life right now, what's the, what's the wise thing for me to do? Like, like you know, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Friday nights, I go and hang out with all my mates, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we have a good time, and radio, radio, radio. But in light of the fact that last week I just got married, is that the wise thing for me to do? And I'm sure my new wife would go, no, honey, that's not the wise things you do. See, it's not what's right or wrong. 
It's not about what's right or wrong. It's about what's the wise thing for you to do. In light of the fact I'm going to leave school or I'm starting a new job, what's the wise thing for me to do? You know, all my mates, they're they're going out to this party. They're they're going clubbing. They're doing all this stuff. Well, yeah, but no, last time I went, in light of that, really, is this the wise thing for me to do? I'm Pastor Neil. I love you. I'm trying to help you. You've just just come out of a relationship. Your relationship's just broken up. And now, woohoo, you've met him. Or her, and she's looking pretty. Really, in light of your past experience, in light of the fact that you've just broken up in a relationship, really, is that the wise thing for you to be doing is getting into? No. See, it's not what's right or wrong. It's about what's the wise thing to do. All right. Thirdly, finally, the last angle we'll take with this, and I think this is the most powerful of all. Okay, you ready? Don't be cheeky, Tara. All right. In light of my future hopes and dreams, in light of my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing for me to do? Repetition. One, two, three. I got to be honest and say there are decisions in my life that I've made that I traded in future hopes and dreams for something in the moment. We, we get caught up in the moment and, and we're all about this thing in the moment. We're, we're lusting after it. We're coveting after it. And we get caught up and it's oh so important to us in the moment. And three weeks later, you can take it and leave it. Take it or leave it. But the reality is so often we've traded in something in the future for this in the moment. My, my future husband, my future wife, I've, I've traded that in for some relationship in the moment that I know is not gonna last. Nice, gentle message. You know? I, I, I'm reading all the brochures, you know, and it's like, honey, uh, I think we could have a new car. You know, I'm not against new cars, honey. But, but, but it's like, you know, and so we're, we're spending all our savings because in the moment I, I want this new thing and I need it and I must have it. But what about your retirement in two years' time? See, we've got to ask ourselves this question. You've got to ask yourself this question. In light of my future hopes and dreams, in light of what God has for me, in light of what I feel God's spoken to me, what's the wise thing for me to do right now with this situation, with this opportunity? Paul's like, come on, guys, wake up. You've got you to start asking these questions because there's an enemy that's trying to lead you down a path God doesn't want you to go. I don't want you to go. Pastor Adam doesn't want you to go. You're getting me. All right. You owe it to yourself to ask that question. Let's put it all together before I lose my voice. Okay. In light, we'll bring it up on the screen. In light of my past experience, current circumstances, future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing for me to do? One, two, three. You owe it to yourself 
to ask this question. You honestly do. You need to to write it down, take a screenshot of it. See, what I know, if I can hang in there, is people don't plan to stuff up their life. You You don't wake up in the morning and go, Oh, how can I destroy my life? How can, how can I destroy my marriage? How, how can I lose my house? How can I, you know, I hope you don't. Look, if you do, seriously, you need, you need to do it different. But we don't, we don't wake up and plan to stuff up our life. What I know is we don't plan to not stuff up our life. We, we don't do anything. We don't put anything in place to not stuff up our life. And this is what Paul's saying. He's like, man, come on, you guys need to live wisely. You need to put things in place to help you stay on track. And and that's what this question is about. It's it's a game changer. This is what I know is if you ask this question, like when you're faced with challenges, when you're faced with situations where you're like, man, I I promise you, you ask yourself this question and everything, I mean it, everything will become clear. The mist will disappear. The fog will disappear. The trees will separate because you know God's put it down deep inside you. That wisdom's there. His Holy Spirit's there. If you would stop and ask this question, next time everyone's going out clubbing, Stop, friend, you owe it to yourself to ask that question. You know what's going to happen for you young people? When you ask that question, when you're like, man, I'm faced with this opportunity, what's the wise thing for me to do? This is what you're going to hear. You're going to hear, it's going to sound like mum and dad. It's going to sound like mum and dad speaking into your life. And you're going to be like, holy. Seriously, mum and dad can't be wise. No way. But you see, what will happen is you've got a choice to make then, friend. You can can either take on board that advice, listen to that advice and apply it, or you can ignore it. You can just go, nah, it's just mum and dad. I, I don't need to listen to them. And you can just go off and do whatever you want to do. But you see, if you decide to ignore what the wise thing to do is, friend, you've learned something about yourself. You've learned you don't have your best interests at heart. You've learned that that you devalue yourself so much that you'll just go with the flow. You'll just go with the pillow. You see, this scripture, Ephesians, God inspired it. God spoke to Paul. God, this is God's word. And what I, what I know from this scripture is that while you may not value your life, while you may not have your best interests at heart, God does. That's why he's put this scripture in here and he's like, come on. Come on, I've got a plan for your life. I've got a purpose for your life. I need you to start listening. I need you to start making wise decisions. Amen. Gentlemen, you don't get off the hook. (laughs) See, if you start asking this question, what's the wise thing for me to do? 
what's going to happen for you is, is, I hate to say it, you're going to hear your wife's voice because she's been telling you for the last six months that's what you need to be doing. We're, we're our own worst enemies, us guys. We, we get on projects and we're after this and this. And I know it's true in my life. My wife, the Holy Spirit, comes and tells me, ladies, if you start asking this question, every opportunity, every situation, if you start asking, man, what's the wise thing for me to do? Given my past, given my current situation, given my future, what's the wise thing for me to do? If you ask that and you hear your husband's voice, honey, that's a miracle. That's an absolute miracle. You need to give him a hug and a high five and say, honey, I've hit the jackpot. You're hearing from God. I joke. The thing is, you owe it to yourself to ask this question. You'll hate it. You'll grow to hate it because it brings clarity in the midst of mess. And what I want you to do, see, I don't, I don't want you to do anything with this message. I don't, I don't want you to change anything. I don't want you to go home and go, oh man, I've got to break up. And then I gotta, you know, I, I don't want you to do that. All I want you to do for the next week is simply ask it. Every situation, every opportunity, every circumstance that comes your way, you owe it to yourself to just ask it light of my past, light of my current circumstances, light of my future hopes and dreams. What's the wise thing? I just want you to ask it so that if you did want to be wise, you would know what to do. I challenge you just this coming week, just begin to ask that question and watch what clarity comes into your life. Watch how God begins to lead you and guide you into all that He has for you. Remember, I'm Pastor Neil. I love you. I want to see you prosper. Is that okay? God bless. Oh, you know, one of the, I guess, one of the times I didn't muck up, one of the times I got it right, one of the, one of the best decisions I ever made was, I don't know, probably 12 years ago. I decided to give up trying to do it my way. I, I, I was just mucking up all the time. And, I, and so I decided I didn't even necessarily believe in God. I, I didn't even really know if He was real or not. But just one day on my lounge room floor, I just got down on my knees and I went, God, I don't know if you're real or you're not. But if you are, would you come into my life? Would you help me? Would you change me? And that day, He, he did. He was faithful. He, he came in and he, he began to redirect my path and my course and, and leaded me into the, the, the things that He wanted me to do. And friend, I don't know where you are today. I don't, I don't know where you are with your relationship with God, but, but maybe you're like I was and you're like, man, is there a God or isn't there? Friend, you can meet Him today. You can ask Him to come into your life today and I promise you, He'll do for you exactly what He's done for me and many other people in this room. He'll begin to change your life. He'll begin to steer you and guide you and bring you into the things of God. Can we bow our heads for just a moment? If that's you today, you know you need to get right with God. In a moment, I'm gonna ask you to just lift up your hand. And by doing that, all you're doing is you're signifying to me. You're just saying, yes, Pastor, I, I wanna get right with God today. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not getting you to come up the front or anything like that. What we're going to do is we're just going to pray together. 
and we're going to ask God to come into our lives. So if that's you here today, you know you need to get right with God. You know you've got you to you stop trying to do it all your way. Just with every head bowed, every eye closed, you just raise up your hand, lift it up nice and high where I can see. Thank you for that hand down there to my left. Thank you for that hand down the front, up the back there. Thank you for that. You can pop those hands down. Anybody else, you haven't put your hand up already, but you know, you know you need to get right with God. You know it's time to change your life. Thank you. Way down the back there. something else God wants to do. There's people here today and you're running. You're running. You knew him. You knew him once. He was he was centered to your life. But you've been running. And friend, he's calling you home. He's calling you back. He's calling you out of the well. He's saying, stop running. What I've got for you is far greater than anything you'll ever find in the well. So if that's you today, I'm not even going to ask you to do anything. I just want you to hear God's heart for you. And then in your own way, you need to just find time to talk to Him because He misses you. He misses you. He misses what you once had. You know. You know that relationship. You know what you had with him, and it's and it's gone. You've you've got led astray, and he's calling you home. He's calling you back to that moment. You know who you are. But for those of you that, that you put up your hand, you're you're making a decision for the first time. You're asking. God to come into your life, what we're going to do is we're going to pray together as a family, as a congregation. And as we do that, as you pray this for the first time, God's Spirit, His Holy Spirit is going to come and reside in you. And He's going to begin to change you and lead you and guide you into all that He has. And so we're going to pray a prayer together, which is simply doing that. So church, can you, let's all just pray this after me. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're faithful, that no matter where we go, no matter how much we mess up, you love us and you desire only what's best for us. Today, I hear your voice. I want to come home. Today, I turn from what I know to be wrong And I turn to you. I ask you to come into my life, to lead me, to guide me, and show me the truth. This I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, if you've prayed that prayer for the very first time, there's some pastors down the back. I've got a gift for you, a Bible. Uh, On your way out, please get one of those from them. It will help you on this journey. Most importantly, keep coming to church. Come back every Sunday.